I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes Podcast. Today, I've got an interview with Kevin Keller, a composer who has undergone quite a transition from ambient chamber music to full-on retro electronics. His album, Ice Worlds, was the Echoes CD of the month in March. I'll be talking to him all about that. But before we get to Kevin, I want you to spread the word about the Echoes Podcast. We're covering some of the most advanced and innovative musicians on the planet. Brian Eno, Robert Rich, Steve Roach, Moby, and more have all been in the Echoes Podcast. And with Kevin Keller, you can hear us talking to a musician with whom we have a 25-year history. So if you're on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and you see a posting for the Echoes Podcast, or Echoes for that matter, share it. And subscribe to the Echoes Podcast from your favorite podcast provider and drop a five-star review so more people can find out about the wonderful musicians we highlight. And while you're at it, follow us. On Instagram and Twitter, we are Echoes Radio, and on Facebook, we are Echoes Fans. And now, let's hear one of those great interviews. Join me in Kevin Keller's Ice Worlds. You know that term, ambient chamber music, that I like to throw around a lot? Well, Kevin Keller is the first musician I applied that to. He released his first album, The Mask of Memory, in 1994, and after a couple of electronic works, he spent most of the last two decades delicately painting an ambient chamber music that mixes acoustic orchestral instruments with a touch of electronic ambience and rhythm. But on his latest album, Ice Worlds, he ditches the acoustic musicians for a full-on electronic assault called Ice Worlds. Kevin Keller, his new album, Ice World, was a blast from his past. You know, I'm still coming at the music from a Baroque approach to music, and I think that's largely because the first electronic music I ever really heard that, that spoke to me was actually Wendy Carlos playing the Brandenburg Concertos on Moog Synthesizer. His music sounds nothing like Wendy Carlos, but Keller uses many of the same Baroque techniques and electronic palette. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of arpeggios and not a whole lot of just like holding down a chord and playing a melody over the top. I was doing more contrapuntal work and, you know, using sequencers and arpeggiators and that sort of thing to, you know, make the music more dense, I guess, is, is how it ended up being. <laughs> Thank you. 
Ice Worlds is a joyful, effervescent ride, but with a lot of mood. Keller tied playful anime sci-fi imagery to it, depicting him as an astronaut exploring new ice worlds. That added to the retro-futuristic theme of the album. There was something like both nostalgic and futuristic about it, and so that kind of video game retro sci-fi soundtrack became kind of the backdrop for the whole album that emerged. And I had this whole story going on in my mind about what was happening and how it was like eight different worlds and I'm basically this you know astronaut traveling from one world to the next and beaming back my findings to the people of Earth. So there's that, you know, that sort of tagline that I have on the poster that says, for the people of Earth, you know, kind of like, you know, Neil Armstrong with his small step for man, I thought, all right, well, what would I say? And I said, well, I, I dedicate my work to the people of Earth. And then I took that phrase and put it into Google Translate and had it speak that phrase back in Japanese and then, and then um, processed it to make it sound like an astronaut kind of floating in space. Kevin Kello left all of his classical musicians behind on Ice Worlds. Instead, he pulled some of his old synthesizers out of the closet. The Juno 106, uh, I have that keyboard, and I've, that's the very first synthesizer I ever bought back in 1985. And the ARP 2600 and the Moog Modular, I don't own those, but I uh, had them on loan from a friend of mine. And then... Uh, anything else on the record was a very faithful rendition of the classic hardware synthesizers, but you know, in, it was all done in the box. It gives him the sound of mid-70s space music, and that allowed him to acknowledge many of his early influences. I think almost on every track, there's like a purposeful callback to somebody or some sound or something from what most people consider the sort of the classic era of, of electronic music was just, you know, the sort of 70s going into the early 80s, uh, which was sort of when I was, you know, coming of age and, and, you know, starting to do my own music. So yeah, using a Moog sequencer type sound as a way of paying homage to, you know, Tangerine Dream and Phaedra and Rubicon, the CS80 sound that you hear at the end of the album, which is kind of associated with Vangelis because he used it all over like the Blade Runner soundtrack, for example. A lot of the lead sounds that I'm using, I think are sort of in the same realm as something that Jean-Michel Jarre would have done on, you know, Equinox or Oxygen for sure. Although there are no acoustic instruments on the album, there are a few acoustic sounds like 
a vacuum cleaner. On Ice World 6, what I was trying to create was the sound of a vintage spaceship, if such a thing exists, uh, flying through an asteroid field. And I guess it was sort of a callback to Ben Burtt, who did all the sound design for Star Wars, and the sound that he used for the Millennium Falcon. I don't know exactly what he used, but it's a similar type of thing, where it's a very old sound that he's using there. And so with that in mind, I thought, oh, a vacuum cleaner, that would be perfect. You know, So I recorded the Bissell vacuum cleaner and used that as the ship's engines. And then there's that moment in Ice World 6 where there's this big crescendo and then just before the sort of the big ending, you hear this ship fly by and that's just the vacuum cleaner running through a plug-in called Doppler, uh, which will shift the pitch as the sound moves past you. Then there is the typewriter. And the typewriter, that was also on Ice World 6. And there's a moment in Tangerine Dream's album Phaedra, in their crescendo on that first side. I don't know what the sound actually is that they use, but it always sounded to, like a typewriter to me. So I thought, well, why not actually use uh, a typewriter as my sound source? And so I just, you know, got a, you know, made a recording of uh, an electric typewriter just kind of tapping away and then, you know, synchronized it with the rhythm track to give it this kind of chattering effect. You know, again, this kind of vintage uh, sound. It wasn't Kevin Keller's initial intent to create space music. He even tried bringing in his usual assortment of strings, reeds, and acoustic piano. Every time I tried out the idea of like bringing acoustic strings or piano into it, it ended up just sounding very dated and old-fashioned to me, and that's not really what I wanted for this album. This music just kind of took on you know, a momentum of its own, and when that happens, I just I feel like you have to follow it wherever it takes you, and this time it took me out to outer space, basically. Head out into space and into the chill on Kevin Keller's album, Ice Worlds. It was an Echoes CD of the Month in March. You can get a hold of Kevin Keller's Ice Worlds by going to our website at echoes.org. There will be a link there in the posting for this podcast. You can also read my review of the album there. And while you're at it, check out the Echoes CD of the Month Club. Next week on the Echoes Podcast, I'll be talking to James Lavelle of the Trip Hop Project, Uncle. I'm John DiLibretto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes Podcast. See you next week, tonight, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes. <laughs>